Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I'm going to read today a story from 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 9. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have provided a widow to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please, Elijah was a nice man in that culture and he's asking a woman with please he was American please bring me a little water in the cup that I may drink and of course the woman is gone and I'm gonna paraphrase the rest of it as she's going to get him water a woman responds really well she says um Elijah says can you also get me uh, some some food <laughs> kind of hungry the place where he came from was about 85 miles he's been walking from the brook that dried up so walking 85 miles non-stop is about 28 hours non-stop so he's exhausted he's tired he is hungry he comes to a non-israel territory this was the territory where Jezebel was from originally this woman is a gentile who is a widow she lost her husband she is not very rich she doesn't have enough here Elijah under the commandment of God God tells him go to Jerophath I have a widow who will provide for you. Now if you are a man of God like Elijah and God gives you a word like that, I'm pretty sure you're thinking in your mind, awesome businesswoman. She probably is a millionaire. She's gonna take care of me. Everything is gonna be great. He shows up there and he finds out this woman is in the worst state than he is. This woman, not only she doesn't have a husband, not only she has no resources, she is planning her own funeral by eating the last meal tonight and then she's gonna die tomorrow. And Elijah coming in, he's like, Lord probably, why am I here? She can't provide for me. She needs me to provide for her. But see, God was trying to kill two birds with one stone. He wanted to provide for his servant and also provide for this woman who was not even a follower or a believer of his. Because when this widow replies back to Elijah, he says, As the Lord your God lives, not my God, your God lives. So God intended for a widow who is not part of his kingdom to provide for his servant. Because he wanted to also provide for this widow. I want to encourage us today. We are in a similar situation as Elijah. Elijah was led to the dry brook excuse me it was not a dry brook first <laughs> he drinks so much water it got dry probably but he was led to a brook it was flowing with water everything was fine Elijah was drinking from it ravens brought him food in the morning and in the evening he ate twice a day now there's a supernatural component to it because ravens don't share their food even with their children so for a raven to bring meat to Elijah and give him to a man that's a miracle in itself he was provided for until one day ravens stopped coming and then he looks at the brook the brook dries up and the Lord spoke to Elijah and says get up and move to Zarephath I just want to speak to somebody in this room who maybe are in the place where God brought you to but that place that you were you felt like this was from God God blessed me in this thing and that place dried up 
Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you feel like financially in the place that you were in, it used to be a blessing from God but now it's dead. It's no longer there. Be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit when God takes you from your now to your next. Because a lot of times people die at their dry brooks instead of listening to the voice of God and going on where God wants to take them. Sometimes we believe for a dry brook to be raised from the dead when instead of trusting and obeying God to move forward and move on from the dry brook into something that God has for us in our future. Turn to your neighbor and say it's time to move from your now to your next. God can raise the dry, dry book, book, brook. God can bring life to dry brook but also God can direct us and lead us into something different. This building is our dry brook. Now the water did not dry, all right? The water is still here. What dried is at one time for the last 20 years this building was an answer from God. This building was a stretch of our faith. This building was where we exercised our trust in God and we've seen God being faithful. We fasted and prayed just so that we can see on a normal, not a super great conference service, this many people that we see right now. We fasted for that. Today, on a normal Sunday service, this place is filled twice. It's a blessing from God. Amen. And you precious people, good-looking, wonderful people, different ages, different cultures are making and calling this church your home. In the first few years of our church's existence, we had no finances to pay the bills for this building. Most of our church was young as we have it right now, but I'm, when, when we were young, like we were so young, we were broke young. Like we had no jobs young, kind of that kind of young, okay? And so, and we just bunch of kids, few families, we couldn't pay the mortgage for this building and it was only $1,400 a month but the Lord was so good he sent us them ravens they brought us meat once a month but it was enough it was the government the government rented the school and they rented that part where we have a kids zone and I think it started with like 3,000 4,000 it got to about $5,000 a month so not only it covered this building it covered the utility bills it covered everything and they were faithful the government is faithful when it comes to this stuff every month this building was paid for and we thank God God used the government to pay for the kingdom all right until a few years ago we had a vision to stretch our program and instead of having one internship in the summer we want to do another one in the fall but there was a problem we had no room so we were trying to actually build an extension to this facility we already were applying for the permit and right before we get approved the precious ravens stopped coming the government calls us and they say we're leaving we're like well it's a happy news and a bad news and really felt the Lord say manna stopped you entered into the promised land when the raven stopped then we opened that place up for the kids zone in the first weekend that we opened the kids zone there the kids ministry doubled we had twice as many kids coming today that place is beautiful for the kids zone today we have three internships but the problem is the brook dried up we have no more parking lot we have no more even seating here and to run three services on Sunday is very hard 
maybe it's, it's not easy to come it's easier to come to one but to one of them is not is not easy and we really felt like the Lord is calling us like he did with Elijah he says Elijah go to Kenwick our Zarephath is Kenwick across the river it's so far just five minutes away and then the Lord says I'm preparing a new place for you right there in Kenwick and it used to be a government facility it used to be an ice skating ring over there on Edison and we're so excited for it but there, there is a little thing that I want to share here today is the Lord said to Elijah I have a widow that will provide for you now typically when you read about the widows and provision in the Bible you're thinking about the Lord providing for the widow the church providing for the widow the, the temple providing for the widow but in this case the Lord does it opposite he says I have a widow that will provide for you kind of different than what we're used to and he shows up to this widow and realizes that this lady got problems like financially she needs Dave Ramsey classes like she she she's not in there in any place to help Elijah she needs help herself but maybe that's one of the reasons why the Lord sent Elijah there because he wanted to kill two birds with one stone unlike the ravens ravens had no choice to bring Elijah meat God commanded them the widow had a choice to participate or not unlike the ravens they were not involved participating with their faith the widow had to stretch her faith and Elijah throws her this challenge he says can you give me some water and when she's going he's noticing okay she's listening can you can you get some food as well and she says I don't have any food I have the last piece of cake that I'm going to make a little pancake with my son and we're going to die and Elijah says do not be afraid make that what you're saying you're gonna make but bring it to me first and whatever is left you and your son will eat and thus says the Lord of Israel the God of Israel he says the flour will not run dry and the oil in the bin it will not stop until the Lord sends rain upon the land and this widow without learning about giving without taking bible classes or being a member in the church not knowing the things we know today not hearing the testimonies that God is faithful not knowing that she takes a step of faith and responds in faith and brings this man of God a cup of water and she brings him something little to eat and God does a supernatural miracle she and her son ate for many days they did not die out of famine and there came a moment where God brought the rain back into the land and she went back on her feet financially so out of this I want to encourage and invite us today one is that God doesn't just use millionaires he uses thousandaires hundredaires tenthaires and oneaires he's not just using rich men he uses poor widows a lot of times when we look at this story you know like it's kind of sad because you're looking like man God why are you taking advantage of a poor widow leave her alone like or you're listening to our, my brother right here who's sharing his story and you know it, it breaks my heart when I hear like that but see he experienced God first service on Sunday in the area of finances that some of us in this room have never experienced God in that way because we have cockroaches in our head 
It's, it's these little lies of the enemy. Oh, pastor wants the money. Or you know like, oh, he's just saying this or they're just saying this. Tithing is not biblical. And a lot of that stuff is just a lot of cockroaches. And when we begin to respond in faith, we encounter God in a new way. We're still going to heaven whether we're going to give or not. That's, that's, that's not the uh, issue of salvation. We're talking about an issue of obedience and we're talking about an issue of growing with God. But the first thing I want to challenge you with today and that is this. Don't be afraid. Say this with me. Say don't be afraid. Say I am not afraid. Now my brother here had a reason to be afraid when it comes to giving. He actually had nothing else to fall on. So fear is different than worry. Fear is an automatic response to an immediate real danger. Fear. When you see a snake and it's a poisonous snake and you're afraid. That's normal. It's not a demon. That's normal. If you're standing on the edge, you know, and it's a six-story uh, building and your heart is, is beating, it, it's not because you, you have a spirit of fear. No, it's normal, natural. There's a danger and your response to danger is fear. For my brother right here, for him to respond to his situation, he had a legitimate reason to be afraid. Now, worry is different. Worry is there is no danger. It's a potential danger that we create in our mind we manufacture so worry is manufactured fear the danger is not there it might be might not be probably not going to happen but you are creating a potential scenario of what could happen for example if you get behind a, 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 a driver's seat right now and you start driving it's not fear that you're going to get into car accident it's a worry that you will get in a car accident high chance you'll never get into car accident but there is a worry of a fear that we create in our mind that's why when the Lord Jesus Christ came on this earth and he dealt with the issue of finances he didn't say don't be afraid he says do not worry why because they were not in a famine like this woman was why because they were provided for why because they had houses they lived in they had some food for next day and the day after but the problem with the human mind is that we gravitate if we don't have a real danger we want to create one in our mind just in case so when it comes I was ready I'm all for emergency fund and saving that but if emergency fund builds an, 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 an illusional emergency right here is dangerous God does not want us to live every single day in the, if you face a threat right now if you face a financial attack upon your life and you are afraid the word of the Lord for you is don't be afraid but I can I somehow feel like in this room about 95 96 percent of us that is not our issue and everything that we have is right here is a potential problem I might get fired I might get laid off we might lose our house I might not have enough and there's the war might if and the Lord today wants to come into your life and says do not worry God, God wants to take this emotional pain that leads us sometimes to holding on and to fear and, and and just and not being able to give not to worry for a few reasons Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6 we shouldn't worry because it's unnatural Matthew 6 26 we are the only creation of God that worries God provides for the birds he created we are more valuable than they are we are outside of God's natural design when we worry 
beautiful song that we were singing there such a just fell perfectly into the theme of the service about Jehovah Jireh he closed the lilies I remember one time my wife brought a bouquet of lilies not for me just for the house and um and I came and they, they smell like remind me of, of funeral all the time because when the lily the way they, they smell it reminds me of funeral but I came in and they're so like every single thing about it is so beautiful I'm thinking God went into this depth of designing everything about them and they don't have an eternal value and they don't last very long yet so much things were put in to those lilies it's interesting that lilies don't worry they don't walk with stress about their clothing you may say well they're not like beings dogs don't worry have you ever seen your dog walking around stressed about where his next meal will come the only thing he is stressed about is nothing they're not stressed they're not thinking about their next meal but what if something happens to you you go all crazy and you refuse to feed your dog he doesn't worry about it they don't worry we are the only creation that worries and we're actually made in the image and likeness of God so if maybe if you're living in a financial worry and you may say Vlad but the danger is real for me then you're not in a financial worry you're in a financial fear even in your situation God is speaking to you today and he says do not fear I'm about to do something in your life but if you are not in a fear and you manufactured fear you are wasting your imagination you are wasting your energy the Lord speaks to us today and he says do not worry it's not natural to you not only worry is unnatural but worry is also unnecessary worry is also unbelieving it's unbecoming of us as Christians we act as though God does not exist when we worry God wants us to put our thoughts and our creativity into better use than to worry because he will supply our needs according to his riches and his glory he is so good our father loves us our father cares for us and just because God does not meet your greeds it doesn't mean he won't meet your needs he will supply you according to his riches and his glory he loves you he cares for you if you as a father you look at your child you will supply your child with diapers you will supply your child with the crib you will supply your child with the clothing and when the child cries you will take care of this child now you won't you won't give your child a car key you won't give your child a gun you won't give your child a knife until they grow up but just because they are your child you provide for them for every one of you I want to remind you today as a child of God God wants to provide for you and he's speaking today to the widow he's speaking today to the man and the woman in this house and he's saying do not fear do not worry and with that comes the second part is he says but make first a pancake for me number two respond in faith in the face of fear respond in faith in the light of worry respond in faith so this is not just like okay I'm not gonna worry I'm not gonna worry I'm not gonna worry I'm not gonna worry I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid no 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 this, this, this is not us trying to talk ourselves out okay no, no, no. don't think that don't think that don't think that don't think that the best way to, to deal with your worry is respond in faith respond so this is not just you saying to yourself I'm not gonna worry 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 I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid that's not just what Elijah said he says don't be afraid and how do you know when you're overcoming the fear if you can take a step of faith 
and what was the step of faith for this woman you're gonna make lunch make first part for me Elijah said the way we respond in the famine in the financial challenges in faith it's not to buy a new house because a lot of us the challenge that we have is this is that we shop according to our dream not our budget we all have dreams and dreams are good but God wants us to keep our keep our income you know keep our spending according to our income but even within then he says I want you to make me first in your finances the whole principle of tithing is it's a principle it's not a legalistic law people sometimes say things like well a tithing is under the law not really tithing came before the law about 500 years before the law tithing came in by Abraham who's the father of faith not because God told him if you don't give I do something bad to you that wasn't that it was a response to a man who trusted in God say Lord I put you first in my finances his sons did the same thing Jacob did the same thing he says God if you bless me I'll come back and I'll give you 10% and then later on it became part of the law well Vlad that's all cool and stuff but in the, old, in the New Testament Jesus was very clear we should not tithe it's like 11th commandment I'm certain of it I'm so glad you asked Matthew 23 23 says the following he rebukes the Pharisees and he says this he says you tithe out of your vegetation you tithe out of your leaves in the in the garden you tithe out of that which the law never told Israelites to tithe out of their garden they were supposed to tithe out of their livestock not out of vegetation so Pharisees come alongside and they add more oral laws on the top of the basic law that God gave them which is to tithe out of your lost livestock not out of your garden so Pharisees add more stuff and Jesus comes into it and he says you're tithing out of the livestock you're tithing out of your tree out of your flowers out of your grass out of your all of your stuff you're tithing out of that and he says but you've neglected the mercy law and justice and then Jesus says this these you ought to have done these without leaving other undone what was the other he was correcting and rebuking tithing out of livestock and out of vegetation that the law never told them to do he says you should not leave these but don't leave the other ones also undone and that's Jesus it's in red but please guys Jesus is not watching over there about the amount of giving and doing a calculation it's never never been about that for the Lord he just wants us to put him first he just wants us to honor him with our finances will he love us less if we don't do it no but it does show that we don't trust him as much we want to be blessed by him we want him to be involved and it will require us to be a person that is involved in that if you ever did an investment into anything you know one thing you have to part with your money before that money gets multiplied if somebody comes to you and says hey I have this opportunity I want you to invest with me you don't invest your desires you invest your finances you know it comes like yeah can I invest my desire like my intention can I how much is my intention 20% like what is the worth of my intention it's, you can't invest your intention you invest a certain amount and you let go of those finances and thankfully if it's not some kind of a Ponzi scheme you will get that stuff back but if it's some kind of a bad deal then you're gonna lose that money with the kingdom of God we're not giving to the church we're giving to the Lord in fact everything we do as unto the Lord whether we love whether we give whether we forgive and so he's asking this woman he says I want you to make me this pancake first and this was her act of faith 
I want to encourage you to respond in faith in these financial times by putting God first in your finances. She makes a cake. It works out really well. She eats another day. This woman had an extra room and Elijah kind of was hanging out probably sleeping under the bush <laughs> you know a mighty man of prophet and so probably next day she brought him another cake and she's like so Elijah uh, you have no place to, to live nope and she gives him a room so she goes above then just feeding the prophet she houses the prophet can I just take a moment and pause here um, sometimes when God is faithful keep up God doesn't have to always tell you to grow in giving. He's given us this thing called brain and we can use it. He's given us common sense. When God's faithfulness meets your life, keep up with Him. We've did that quite a few times in our life where we've seen the faithfulness of God in getting a house that we could not get at that moment. And when we saw the faithfulness of God, I remember when we gave our second car away within a month difference. We had no car after that. And you may ask, did the Lord tell us? Not really. Why? We just saw the faithfulness of God. We're like, man, I want to I wanna keep up with God. You may say, oh, but that could be a dumb decision. You, you know, it could never be dumb to be generous. God's faithfulness was there. Now, did we have a car for the next three months? <laughs> no. <laughs> But we lived very close and then God bless Joseph. Joseph let me borrow his car which somebody broke into my house and stole. <laughs> Literally breaks into somebody breaks into my house and steals the car and then that night leave the car in East Pasco with a note on it say sorry for stealing your car. <laughs> so I went on Facebook with Joseph's permission. We wanted to find that guy and say if you come to church we will give you the car you stole couldn't find him if you find him no Joseph doesn't have a car anymore that car so <laughs> and God was faithful God was faithful to this woman he provided for her and guess what she did she gave prophet a room not only drink not only food but she gave him a room and God was faithful somebody say God is faithful come on drop that in the comment below God is faithful he will not is that a comment so if you guys say it back it's a comment <laughs> all right I was talking to the live stream viewers but all right you're dropping it <laughs> dropping like it's hot I want to mention mention one more thing is that God being faithful did not mean the woman was wealthy it just meant she survived I truly believe it is God's will for us to have overflow why because when we have just enough it meets our family's needs when we have overflow it spills over and to help other people's needs when you have just enough it meets your family's needs when you have extra you can start a business hire people when you have extra you can help somebody who's struggling you can give somebody a car you can give somebody a bed you can give somebody a room like a man came today he says I bought my my daughter a really nice car brand new car and I have this car really nice car and he says instead of selling it I want to give it he said can you find somebody who uh I was like challenge accepted we can find somebody and who can do that only a person who has overflow so for those of us in here and this is another cockroach it's, it's a religious it's a fat cockroaches and this is the cockroach that says this prosperity is evil my friend there are evil people who are prosperous 100 as well as there are poor people that are very dangerous and very bad but if you have a heart that's right and you have overflow you will share it with other people 
you will help other people to come to your level you will bless somebody you will give somebody a job and you will not just give somebody a handout you will be a blessing to somebody so we want to encourage we want our people to prosper because when we have overflow other people get blessed amen and so this woman she did not have overflow and I just want to encourage those of you in this room today when you start giving when you start honoring God don't be disappointed if you don't see overflow right away the goal is not to get rich the goal is to have a right living before God and sometimes God's blessing is overflow and sometimes there are seasons where God's blessing is just enough God was blessing Israel for 40 years in the wilderness but they had just enough it wasn't more than enough but then Jesus multiplied the bread and they had 12 baskets over there's sufficiency and there is overflow amen let me wrap this message up for months she's feeding the prophet God every day is supplying her needs this woman is growing to like God she's growing to have appreciation for the God of Elijah and one day her son he gets sick and he dies I could see how you can develop this mindset if it's not one thing then it's another I was about to die out of poverty now I'm dying my son is dead and sometimes when you walk with God and bad things happen and they do happen it's easy to blame God but she did she blamed Elijah she says you came and brought all of my sins back it's easy to look at your life and say I'm a total loser my life is a total failure if it's not one thing then it's another one walking with God being generous doesn't mean you don't have problems it just means you have a place to bring these problems to. She brought her dead son to Elijah and Elijah prayed for him and God raised him up. Man was walking across the road when he was hit by a car. The impact knocked him on his head which he which caused him to be in a coma for a few days before he finally regained consciousness. When he opened his eyes his loving wife was there beside his bed holding his hand. He said, you know, Judy, you've always been right by my side. When I was struggling, college student, I failed again and again, but you were always there with me, encouraging me to go on trying. And then when I got out of school and went for all of my interviews and failed to get any of the jobs, you stayed right there with me, cutting out more classifieds for me to check on. Then I started to work in this little firm and finally got a chance to handle a big contract but I blew it because of one little mistake and yet you were there beside me all the way. Then I finally got another job after being laid off for some time and I never seemed to be promoted and my hard work was never recognized and so I remained in the same position from that day I joined the company until now and through it all you were there right by my side. Her eyes starting to fill up with tears as she listens and he says and now I've been in this accident and when I woke up you're the first person I see there is something I would like to say to you he said Judy I think you're just a plain bad luck <laughs> I 
How many of us view God the same way? He walks through every single thing with us. But because he doesn't prevent, you know, we look at him, you're like, man, you're just plain bad luck. That's what the woman looked at the prophet and says, you brought this on me. What? Since I came, God provided for you. But yeah, look, my son died. You're the cause of it. And the prophet says, give it to me. I want to encourage you. As you commit for 12 months to, to give something that the Lord puts on your heart, maybe from your business or individually, don't have this view that if I give, that's it. The earth become a paradise. Arms will never get broken. Tires will never get flat. Job will never struggle. Marriage will never go through hard times. Children will be on their best behavior every day. Giving is not gambling. Giving is not a get quick rich scheme. Giving is a, just part of our obedience to Christ. In this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer church. And as you give, as you sacrifice and when problems come, you don't evict Elijah and say, Elijah, out. <laughs> no, you come and you bring your problem to Elijah. Elijah the Holy Spirit. Elijah God the Father. And you bring your worry. You bring your children. You bring your stress. You bring your burdens. You bring your struggles. You bring the broken relationship to God and say, Lord, I trust you. Though you slay me, I trust you. Through the good times, I'll trust you. Through the hard times, I'll trust you. I will bring you my dreams. I will bring you my broken desires. I will bring everything to you. And watch God step in and make the best. Watch God step in and do the miracle. And my scripture says, tells me in the next chapter, and the famine ended. And then the famine will end. You will step into a new season of your life. The famine will end. You will step into a new season of finances and you will be a testimony and you will testify about those good hard days that the Lord taught you to trust in Him. I said a statement last service that's been really my statement to go when it comes to giving and I become unsure and fear grips my heart. It still does that. This is a statement that I said and, and uh, one of my friends sent it back to me today and he says honestly this is the same thing that I live by. What's scarier than being obedient to God is wishing you had. What's scarier than being obedient to God is wishing you had. What's scarier than taking risks for God is wishing you had. What's scarier than giving to God is wishing you had. What's scarier than living pure for God is wishing you had. What's scarier than your obedience to God is than living with your life wondering what would have happened if I would have met God on the other side of my fear, on the other side of my worry, on the other side of my life. Could my life but have been changed? Would I have died that night or if I would have lived to see his glory like this woman and then seen resurrection not only a provision. And I pray that God will today move upon your heart to trust in Him and to give Him. A little pastoral advice. I highly discourage to give your food money to God.
The Bible says to provide for our households. If you are in a place today that you can't, there's nothing you can give, give God a promise. But don't go and give on credit. Don't give using your credit card. Because I know sometimes people listen to messages like this and they become so passionate and they become a little bit unwise. Give God a promise. Do like Hannah did. Lord, if you give me, I will give it to you. But don't do something that's unwise. If you're a married person and God puts something on your heart, you speak to your spouse. You say, but what if we have two different numbers? The one that's higher, that's the one from God. The one that's lower, that, that's the one is the fear one speaking. <laughs> so husbands submit to your wives, wives submit to your husband. <laughs> okay, and so but pray about it, speak to, speak to your spouse, do this in union. Don't, don't, don't pressure the other person. If the other person is not ready or the other person is, not, is extremely hesitant, you don't want to pressure because this is both of, your, both of your decision. It's better to work on your marriage and to destroy your marriage trying to be uh, some kind of a radical approach toward God. I would never give if my wife does not feel peace about it and stuff. And there were moments that we had one time where she, uh, on the vacation I had this, okay, I'll share this and we just sold a, a house, uh, one rental property and, uh, and it was my 30th birthday. And so the year before this we gave $20,000 as a sacrifice. The year before that we gave 10. So I do the math and I'm thinking, you know, I want to give 30,000 on my 30th birthday. So we just sold the property. So we have just about that much money to, and of course I want to just give it away. We're in this like giving, giving thing where we don't want to save any money, just give, give, give. And so we were on our, on our cruise in, uh, uh, in going from Mexico to uh, San Diego. And I'm reading in the library over there, I'm reading and I just get this like revelation 30, 30, 30. And I get so excited, like I'm convinced it's God. And I tell my wife, she always agreed with me. So this time I tell her, I said, babe, let's just take the rental property we just sold and let's just give all of it, like we did with the first one, 30K on my 30th birthday. And she says, are you doing this so you have a story to tell or is it because God is telling you? Hmm. I said, question is very tricky. <laughs> I felt like it was God telling me just a minute ago but now that you said it like that and so um yeah so we still gave but not not 30 and so that my my beautiful story of 30 30 is not gonna happen and uh and so but when my wife didn't feel comfortable we worked out a number that um so I did come down from my number but partially it's because I felt like my motive was not because that's what the Lord led me to do but so that I could have this cool thing 30 30 and uh which is I don't think it's sin if I would have been single it would have been perfect uh, but now that I'm married I have to obey also my wife Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.